Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi. Welcome to the Ghostman Radio Station. And today I'm talking to Dave Shelton. Award-winning... Yeah, Dave Shelton. Award-winning film, television writer, cartoonist, author, magician, voice actor, book, you name it, he's done it, probably. Wait, wait, it's musician, not magician. Musician, yeah, sorry. Wait, it could be a magic, it could be magic music. Well, some people have said I make them disappear, so it could be anything. Well... You, you've obviously, and also you've done a lot about paranormal, haven't you, as well, uh, Dave? You t- uh, yes, I'm very active in the paranormal world. Can you tell me a little bit about that first, and then we'll talk a little bit about your books? Okay, sure. Uh, well, ever since I was little, I always kind of had feelings about the paranormal. I was always getting signs, and then when I, I uh, grew up and I started getting into my
tell anybody I was friends with his son in Los Angeles, and he had smoked, and he had drank, and he kind of killed himself. He wound up dying in his bed. Well, anyway, I found his body, and next thing I know is, as we said, the spirit's flying in, and I told him, he looked lost, so I said, you know what, I think you can go now. I think you're at rest, you know, and then I think about 10 seconds later, he disappeared. I never saw him again. So there's been lots of encounters. I've done a lot of stuff at cemeteries. I've done Halloween events. One time I was, because I had moved from L.A. to West Virginia after 30 years being there, because I kind of got sick of what was going on in L.A. So when I got out here, it's a real conduit for paranormal activity is West Virginia. I don't know, you know, you being in Britain, if you know anything about West Virginia here in America, but it's a very paranormal state. We have Mothman. We have a lot of legends. Yeah, I've heard of Mothman, yeah. So I've been experiencing a lot since I've been out here. And one time I was on the phone with a friend on Halloween night in the middle of a rainstorm at this local cemetery that inspired my radio show. And I was standing next to a grave, and we started hearing this voice of a man just sort of interrupting our conversation. And she heard it, too, on the other end. And I knew there was, it was the spirit of whoever was in that grave that we were standing near. And I could almost make out what he was saying. And then I moved away from the grave, and the voice was gone. So those are just some of the many things that have happened here. But they've been great inspiration um, for my work, especially my horror work. And just this past Halloween, um, I was there with a friend who's also into goth and cemeteries, Leanna. And we, of course, it was raining again. It does that a lot here on Halloween. And we were doing a Facebook Live, and all this weird stuff was happening. But then towards the end, we just started walking, and the rain had let up. A mist went right in front of the camera, and something weird happened then. And then um, the phone practically died. It, like, sucked the rest of the power out of the phone. It was very cool, but very bizarre. It seems like you've had a very in-tuned with the paranormal. They seem to like to follow you. Oh, I, I believe it. We were actually, it's so funny because we were actually going to do a Ouija board session there at the cemetery on Halloween night. But because of the rain, uh, I didn't want to ruin it. I have a very special um, board that's made of a special wood that came from, I'm trying to remember where it originally came from, but it was designed and sculpted by someone who's really into the paranormal, but uh, unfortunately we didn't get to do the session, so we had to take a excuse this time rain check to do it another time. Well, that's a, that's a beauty, I mean, generally people see these paranormal shows on the telly and they always, they always think it's like Oh, you're going to see a ghost straight away, but it doesn't always work quite like that. <laughs> oh, those, those shows, I met some of those guys. One, they're boring. You know, it's like, and two, you wait a half an hour for them to hear an EVP that goes, shh, and suddenly you think they're saying, like, get out, 
you know, <laughs> like, oh, please, it is, you know, and then they always have someone who gets a cold flash or something, well, did you see that? And then the camera goes there. What, what I find really sort of ludicrous about those shows is they're going into these spaces where the cameraman who's facing them is already in there. <laughs> like you're in a basement, you're going down the stairs to the basement, but there's a guy already there with the camera. Or you're going into a hole, and there's already like a cameraman there, and they're not experiencing anything. And when they do, it's only because they trip over themselves because they're not watching where they go. Because they're carrying a freaking camera. <laughs> so I, I find those shows very unconvincing. I do love it when they get celebrities come on. I love when Meatloaf went on one of those ghost shows and he was like an excited little kid. To me, that was more fun than the ghost show people. You probably was playing to the to, to the media, I'd have thought. I'm sorry, what was that? I would imagine Meatloaf was probably playing to the media a little bit. sounds cool and we're going to be I'm working with kids and we're going to be doing videos I created this thing called YouTube West Virginia and we started a channel and we're going to be doing all sorts of cool stuff about the history of West Virginia and shooting videos with these kids and going around the state and we are definitely going to be doing a lot on paranormal because no one's really done a kids version of a ghost hunter show no, they haven't. No, no, it's always adults, isn't it? Yeah, you're quite. I would have thought kids would be more yeah, in tune and, with it. Right, and kids are more in tune than you know adults, as far as certain things, and they're more open to things, and they're they're not gonna. I don't know how graphic I could get, you know, language wise here, but um, they're not into the bowl that a lot of the adults yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, you can they, you can say that word. That's okay. It's an English word, so you can get away with that one. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's true. Oh, and by the way, I love British culture. I mean, I'm sorry what's going on now in England, the way it's going on here, especially politically, but um, I grew up watching everything from Doctor Who to all of the British comedies. The Young Ones was one of my inspirations for my comedy writing. Oh, Young Ones is brilliant for its time. I, I like. I know Charl I know Charlotte Church pretty well. Oh yeah. Yeah, she was awesome. I met her when she came here to the states. I like the fact you do a lot of your own animation for your comics and things like that. So it's quite a yeah, skill. I, I worked in I worked in animation. 
used to draw Tweety and Sylvester for Warner consumer products where they would, you know, put it out on T-shirts or designs for figurines, things like that. But I did, I studied animation at the New School in New York City, which is the home of the actor studio. And, yeah, I mean, I loved animation, but for me it was more of the character design part of it. I did work on a TV version of 101 Dalmatians for Disney, and I was doing pencils and cleanups, so that is part of the animation. But I prefer the creation of things. You know, that's why I do mostly my own stuff now, whether it's my writing or my cartooning, my books, my radio shows. One of the things that was inspired by my paranormal is a show called Cemetery Go-Go, which is now syndicated around America. It's a strange title, that is. I like the title. It's a very strange title. Isn't that great? Well, there was an old radio host named Dr. Demento. You might be old enough to remember him. And he was an American, and he ran all the syndicated shows of weird kind of novelty songs. You know, he'd play Weird Al, or he'd all play Barnes and Barnes, and even old British songs. And his voice was so cool, he's kind of like, I listen to Dr. Demento, and you're listening to the Dr. Demento show on this station. And I love that. So I was also inspired by an old TV show and film actor named William Bendix. And he had a show called Life of Riley, which started as a radio show that went to television. And one of his characters was the local mortician and grave digger. And he had this weird sort of like low voice, and he would tell these bad jokes. Like William Bendix was saying something like, oh, you know, I'm having a really bad day. And his nickname was Digger. So he'd go, I dig where you're coming from, but I dig everything, literally. So I said, oh, that is like the perfect voice. So I made a variation of that, and I created a character called the Groovy Grave Creeper. And so I kind of combined that with the elements of the cemetery and Dr. Demento, and Cemetery Go-Go just kind of hit. So I wrote the theme song as a musician, not a magician, and I laid down the song here in my home studio. And now it's become like kind of a really popular little jingle and opening song to the show. That's cool. I like that. It's nice when you've done that. You've gone out your way. It's been all in your head. You've created it. You've put all your love in it, and then you see it grow, and you think, oh, I did that. for life and however long it takes it's going to make me 
just made me stronger. And uh, I have a book. I used to be with National Lampoon as well. And people can find out more about me on my website. There's my bio there. It's snuggybear.com, S-N-U-G-G-Y-B-E-A-R.com. It talks about all the projects that I'm working on, all the stuff that I've done before. And um, my book is called Brain Explosion, which is a collection of my work when I was at National Lampoon. I like I love the National Lampoon. I used to love the comics. Uh, it's brilliant they were. Oh, I, I, it was one of my icons growing up. When I first saw Caddy, um, Animal House when I was in college, I went to the University of Florida. I said, I am someday going to work for that company. I don't know why I said that, but I said, my dream job is to work there. And then when I moved to California from New Jersey and New York, I got a chance to work there. And I worked there for almost nine years as a writer and cartoonist and worked on um, ancillary projects with them. It was one of the coolest jobs I ever had. And I got to work with Jamie Kennedy there and dealt with people like Chris Farley and I was involved with Comic Relief. It, it was like an amazing combination of wishes and dreams. But, and I'm very politically incorrect, as a lot of my friends could tell you, or you could tell from my work, but I never get uh, brain block, and I never get writer's block, so I wanted to call the book Brain Explosion, because that's what I feel I am, it's just one big exploding brain, where I can think of things 24 hours a day, and write them down, so sometimes I like look at my collection of work, and go, oh my gosh, I've got a I like the, was it Professor Creepy Scream Party, is that correct? Yeah, Professor Creepy's Scream Party. That was a, another project that I created out of my love of horror and the paranormal, and also inspired by an old Canadian series called The Hilarious House of Frankenstein, which Vincent Price hosted in the early 70s, and growing up in New Jersey, they used to play that on a local station, and it was so goofy. It was all the universal monsters like the Wolfman and Dracula and Frankenstein, Igor, all as goofy characters in a lab. It was like Dracula, the Count, was trying to revive Frankenstein's monster, who he called Brucey. He was inept, <laughs> so, he's, so he, he was... He was thrown out of the monster society until he could get Brucey working. <laughs> and Vincent Price, it was sketch comedy, and Vincent Price did the wraparounds, and he would do poetry, and he would do the opening and closing. <laughs> I mean, years before he did Thriller. And then this one actor named Billy Van would play all of, almost all of the characters. It was hilarious. That's why it was called The Hilarious House of Frankenstein. Well, that inspired me down the years to want to do a comedy show of my own. But I Oh, and there was a little midget in there, and I love little people. A lot of the projects that I've worked on and some of the TV shows I've worked on and created, I did one for NBC pilot uh, that starred little people. And Professor Creepy was the same thing. He's a little person sort of an imaginary recreation of 
creation from a little girl goes into a circus freak museum and they hold a party. It's kind of like Alice in Wonderland, but in a variety party. <laughs> it's, like, um, it's really bizarre. That's the best way I can describe it. It's like Alice didn't go to Wonderland. She went to Professor Creepy's Scream Party and wound up there. And uh, it interacts and there's musical guests and the pilot, we won all these awards, and then I got it on the horror channel, and the monster channel, and I'm working on, we got a deal with Retro TV Network, and now I'm working on funding to try to produce a full season of it, but that's also on, on the website as well, to see the pilot and more about that, so that's where that came from, and now, these are all labors of love, but they really paid off, and I, I'm really, really, I love that world, because I think we need that escape from the realities out there, and what better than to have, like, a goofy horror party? I like the idea. I, I like to do a bit of horror, obviously, myself, uh, but I, I like to do, like, the old stories, and um, I do a lot of the old um, public domain comic stories. Is it from the, the American comics of the day? Oh, yes. The golden age of comics. Um, yeah. Some I, of them are I, I very good stories. They, they still hold up today. Some of them. I've read quite a few of them. They do because they're, they're not woke. They're not left-wing. They're just out there. They're just stories, and, and that's great, and that's what I think people like. Uh, one of the – I used to work for Marvel for a little while, and I did a – to because of my style because I've worked with you know the Schultz people and things like that so they asked me to come up with a comic book in a limited series that was not superhero so I said okay so it was when Robin Leach who's another Brit when he was doing lifestyles of the rich and famous mm. and it was also the same year as Son of Sam and 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 all of those, you know, kind of serial killers. So I said, what if we have Robin Leach go around interviewing serial killers and they kill him at the end of each story? And <laughs> so he'd be interviewing all of the, like, uh, oh my God, every serial, like he'd go around to Jack the Ripper and it, it was just a good funny series, like a five-book series. Unfortunately, uh, my copies were stolen, so I, I've been trying to find Marvel. doesn't seem to have them in their archives. I've been trying to get hold of copies, but, um, but if anybody out there could find them somewhere, it's called Lifestyles of the Criminally Insane. It's a five-book series, uh, color cover, black and white, inside. I would love to get a copy <laughs> if anyone finds that. Oh, well, I think you're good to get the copy. I, you did I all thought Robin Leach was the funniest character that you could do that to. It's like, hello, right, Dream Wings and Riley Stars. This is Robin Leach, and we're getting here like we're meeting up with Jack the Ripper as he's in public. Now, tell me a little bit about your books. It's quite a weird collection of books that you've got.
as well. I was involved in a book called um, Comic Lives back in the 80s with Betsy Borns, who was a writer for Rolling Stone, and then she became a producer-writer on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. But we did a book on stand-up, and I love being part of that world. Well, also, I've done stand-up in the past, also with National Lampoon. So there was that, and then um, I worked with a woman from General Hospital named Nancy Lee Braun, and she asked me to illustrate a book for her. So those were kind of all for hire things. But as far as my own, uh, the first children's book that I worked with is called The Lemming Shepherds, and we're adapting that into a feature film. There's links to that also on my website, and we did an animatic, and and it's a story about lemmings and a couple of lemmings who question their existence of why do they have to follow everybody else. It's a very modern story that I think works very well in today's society because so many people are being misled, and no one, you know, there's only a few people questioning it. So that's a very relevant story, and I loved working on that. And then I did, of course, the uh, brain explosion because I had all this work from Lampoon, and I'm going, i got to do something with it. It's hilarious. It's so politically incorrect. So I found a publisher in the Midwest, and Bear Manor. They do a lot of celebrity books, and he loved it, and so he put it out. And it's been doing really well. It's on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble. And I'm turning that into a sketch comedy show. And a lot of my sketch comedy friends, like Tommy Davidson and Deborah Wilson from Mad TV, Tommy is from In Living Color, are going to be part of it. Um, ben Davidson, uh, uh, Ben Morrison from Punked, so and a lot of other comedians that I've worked with. Uh, and then there's Bad Boy and Sweet Slob, which is one of my favorite uh, more recent projects. That's a children's book based on my relationship with my last ex. Because she was, she's a psychiatrist, but she's a slob and a border hoarder, as I call her. But she's really sweet, and she calls me a bag boy because I would, you know, you go to these parties, you go to the conventions, they always give you bags, and I'm very into recycling. So they said, oh, this would be perfect for a story. And she used to get mad at me for having all these bags, and I would tell her, I said, well you're such a freaking slob, it's like, you're gonna, you're gonna use my bag someday, and she goes, oh, you're just a bag boy, and I said, well, you might be a slob, but you're sweet, so I came, she said, why don't you write a story about it, and I did, and that's where Bag Boy and Sweet Slob came out, and it's been winning awards, it's available on Amazon, and it's getting great reviews, and we're already, the second book is already done, and hopefully that's gonna be out early next year. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact you're eclectic. You're a bit like me. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I do a lot of eclectic stuff because I think it it gets your brain going. I mean, I like, I've, I have written books. 
I mean, not sold many, but I have written some. I've got a story about my own life called Diary of an Ex Essex Weirdo. I was Essex, yeah, years ago, and I also helped write a, a and draw a book for a person who's into occultism, and it's called Cartoon Occult Martial Arts. That was my first book I ever collaborated with. It's a very weird book. It's basically him going. Have they been out? Did you get them published? Well, he published it. Uh, I published my. Yeah, I've got. Uh, most of my books are on Amazon. It's a mixture of like horror. I like like a bit of comedy in it as well. I like you. I think humour has to be in horror because it works better. If you get what well, it does, I mean that's why Nightmare on Elm Street movies were so awesome because yeah. of the element. If it's just pure straight horror, then you know even um, the Conjuring movies had humour in it. I think you you have to. I mean, there's so many like what I call crap flicks. Instead of Netflix, there is so much bad writing and horror, even in elements of that. And it's not just that, but you can relate because there is nothing worse. And I pride myself in concentrating to make sure an ending, whether it's my books or my scripts, because I have a lot of movie projects coming out and TV. If you can't end it well, if it's great up until like the last sequence or even the last scene that kills a whole vibe of the movie and a lot of people don't concentrate enough on that anymore no they did I've noticed that a lot of the movie but I really watched a really good movie and thought oh it's really good and then that ending you thought why did they do that for why did they go for the yeah, Hollywood it, ending why did they have to do that they didn't have to it wasn't necessary it's lazy it's lazy writing I talked to a lot of writers and, you know, some that I'm not fans of, but I've met at conventions or speaking engagements, and, well, one, they feel that they have to cater to a certain audience instead of writing from their heart, and that's what kills a lot of writing, too, and then they say, oh, well, you know, I, I kind of got bored, and it didn't matter, the producers didn't care, they just wanted to put something out, and I go, that's horrible, I would rather, because there's some people out here who will do a hundred movies, but they're suck-ass movies, and they don't care because they're getting paid to do this, but it's dumbing down the audience, first of all, I mean, they're creating generations of people who have no brain cells. Well, I don't like all this new, um, you haven't got the brain to watch a program and if you don't like it or a film, you can just go, I don't like this film, so I don't carry on watching it anymore.
Yeah, I do agree so, with you. I, I watched the, uh, what was it, Ghostbusters, the female version? It was awful. Oh my god, I felt so sorry for him. Because the script was bad, the acting was bad. It should never be made. Yeah, I, I love Kristen Wiig, but um, they just did this as, as a way I think there's nothing wrong with liking a film just because you like the film. You know, and sometimes the subject may be controversial. Something like Clockwork Orange, for instance, still controversial, perhaps even now. But I like it because it's in your face. You know, it doesn't hide anything. Yeah, it? Literally, especially when he was watching the propaganda films. <laughs> but that, yeah, but that's quite. It still runs quite true, doesn't it? you want to do I mean it's nothing wrong with that I like the fact that you do a lot of voice work have you ever done any collaborations or would you do a collaboration uh, a collaboration yeah like would you oh, do yeah, I Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He played Lisa Joan in Tolerable Cruelty. It was in Friday the 13th, The Warriors. Well, he and I wrote a dog film together. And then I got a guy named Tiny Lister signed up to act in it. He's 
the black actor from the Fifth Element, and he was also in the Friday movies. Oh, he turned out to be such a nasty person. He stole my script, brought it to, and he knew it was copyrighted and WGA, but he brought it to a producer at AFM, then they stole it, made it with Mira Sorvino in it, and brought it to Lionsgate. They distributed it, and I found all of this out from my old manager. And so I approached the investor on it, and then he and I were doing a lawsuit, and then I approached Tiny Lister on it at a party, and he threatened to kill me. Oh, what? He said nice. it was like, <laughs> he physically threatened to kill me right there at the party after I said, hey, you stole my script. He said, like, who cares? I said, like, get out of my face or I'm going to kill you. Then he got arrested for mortgage fraud and spent time. He was strong-arming investors. And, you know, then he passed away a couple of years ago of COVID or something. But I, I say it was more of karma. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love collaborations, but I'm really good at doing my own stuff because I don't think anybody could get in my brain the way I can. Well, yeah, do you do a lot of, uh, uh, I know you said you like uh, do your own stuff. Would you ever, like, consider someone British doing a little bit of a voiceover for you? Hint, hint. I, I <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yes, just a bit, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, please. I don't don't know many British people that talk like that. You normally talk like a bit more like I do. But no, only Helen Moran when she's having sex. <laughs> If you do, I mean, anything to do, I don't care how small the pot is. If it's going, all right, mate, how are you going? Yeah. <laughs> or, or the, the ripper bit, I could go, oh, look, it's Jack over there. What's he doing with that album? Bitching with Bitchy the Clown, 
and it's a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms. But uh, this movie um, plays two of Vinci's songs in the soundtrack, and one is called Elementary in the Cemetery, and the other one is called The Visitor. And The Visitor is one of my favorite from him, and, and he's got a very Krusty the Clown type voice. So, uh, uh, like, he, he goes off to different things, and he, like, doesn't care. So one of the lyrics is something like where he's with this girl, and um, he knew that this girl slipped something nasty in his drink, but he drank it anyway because he didn't care. So <laughs> it's the kind of character that does stuff like that. But, um, but we just placed two songs in that movie. And so, yeah, he has guests come on his show and do voiceovers as well. But definitely Cemetery Go-Go, if you listen to that show sometime, you'll be able to, there's sample episodes up on my site, you'll be able to see and hear some of the different characters that go on his show. Oh, uh, please mention where people can find out more about your your stuff, Dave, because I think they'd be fascinated after listening to this, how much you do. Well, I've been fascinated, and I'll be oh, listening oh, to I it. Pre- I appreciate it. It's snuggybear.com, S-N-U-G-G-Y-B-E-A-R.com, and there's links to everything on there. It's, you know, there's links to my Facebook page, and all the other shows there's sample episodes on there they can see my bio some of the upcoming projects i mean pretty much everything is on the website and don't forget people he's not a musician he's a a musician he's a musician (laughs) i will get that right one day but hey babe didn't mind because he he he's that kind of guy But if, if they know, I think if people went to see your show, I would have think they would know you're that kind of comedian before they even went there. So I hope, I hope so. But sometimes when you're put on a bill with other types of comedians, then they might be more into that. One thing that's sad about modern stand-up is everything is just about race and TNA. Do I like the old, um, do, you, do you know Billy Connolly? Yeah, heard of, personally. Well, he's comedy. He, he's observational kind of. I know who he is. Yeah. I know who he is for sure. Yeah, I like the observational kind of comedy, you know. Like I went in That's a lift and is, there, was a, there was a smell in the lift. I wondered if it was Mine would be something like, 
Things are so bad in England, even the rain doesn't want to go land on, on us. It wants to run away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, it's like that kind of thing. And then I think sometimes they go, oh, is anyone here from overseas? And, you know, some people might raise their hand and they say, oh, well, there's an ICE agent waiting for you outside. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, as uh, Monty Python once said, it's a shoe, it's a sign of God. That shoe belongs to God. But it's done his shoe. But he's a son of God. It sounds a sort of thing. I think it's a sort of thing they would do. I'm sorry, what's that? It sounds a sort of thing he would do. I've been very. I know, I know. I know. Some people thought Felicity Kendall was a sex symbol, but maybe in the dark. But <laughs> I love Felicity Kendall. <laughs> well, Dave, I think it's been very interesting talking to you. I really could talk for hours on end. I was going to do. I was going. I was going to do your bio, but it's so long. It would have been the whole podcast. It would have been the whole podcast. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say this man has such a long bio, even God is still reading it upstairs. <laughs> You're going to hell for that one, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, this has been a blast, my friend. It's been a blast. Other than the name and fame, what is that like? God's a Jewish comedian. Well, I don't know. God, nobody really knows what God looks like. You know? Be really disappointed if you went up there and went, Sorry, uh, you know, little little glasses, a suit and a tie going, Sorry, did you have some sort of illusion that I was a bearded man? I never told you that, did I? <laughs> Do you think God looks like Mr. Bean? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> people get there, uh, sorry. Uh, they, sorry, God is out at the moment. Please wait.
just hang out with the go 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 hang out with Diane. She's over there, all right. <laughs> I imagine the devil, you'd be very shocked, you go to the other end, you go to the devil and he goes, yes, you have an appointment with me? Oh, we thought you was going to be more devilish. Well, that's just the, that's just the films. I'm not the big red machine that you see. I'm just a bloke called Joe. <laughs> I think that would be funny sketches, the devil in therapy. Yeah. Yeah, a bit like, um, oh, what's the program called? Oh, it's on the telly. I can't remember its name. American or British? American. Oh, you had the British actor in it, Tom somebody. Lucifer. Lucifer. I like I like I love Lucifer. It, near the end, he got what all all these programs do. They have to have a musical. They have to have a musical. I don't know why. It must be very much an American thing. They must have a musical episode. It's totally American thing. Buffy had one. Because they had one. I think Lost probably had one. My musicals, I like a good musical, like anybody, but I mean, it's like suddenly in a, a program, you're going, What the? What the hell's going on here? Have I took something and didn't realize I took it? Well, I have a friend who's starting Glee, and I mean, I never really got into that show, but he's a good friend, so I watched his episode. But, um, yeah, I mean, to me, I'm very selective when it comes to musical. Like Rocky Horror, first of all, I think Richard O'Brien is one of the most brilliant songwriters and and um, composers, you know, to come out of England. And and uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, of course. Um, I'm friends with Ted Neely, who played Jesus in the movie version. Oh yeah, I've seen the movie and version. I like that version. It's very powerful. Very very powerful. It's one of the No, I did not. <laughs> That's yeah, oh, I know it now, but I didn't know that. Well, you had a perfect character named Peter to go into a field like that. So, um, but yes, he was. Um, he became a, a porn star after that, which is to me just so bizarre. And then, um, you know, of course, you know, spam a lot, things like that. Well. I did notice that. I was going to say, if you're a great fan of Doctor Who, I've been doing, uh, reading the transcripts from the series of Doctor Who. So far, I'm on the uh, John Pertwee years. So I've done William Hartnell. 
yeah, yeah, Doctor Who. I've been reading the transcripts of the series on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I've I, I read. I read. What have I read? I read the William Hartnell ones, all the Patrick Fulton ones. I'm on uh, John Pertwee at the moment. I'm doing the Day of the Daleks at the moment. So that's probably the, yeah. I I, I just like reading them. I don't do any voices or anything. I just do it straight, like an audio version book. So I think because I think I I wouldn't do the voices justice. Because Doctor Who, because he's been so many. I'd probably do that, yeah. The Daleks and the, the Munsters I might do. But the, the Doctor I don't bother. I don't bother doing the female voices because I think, well, it's a bit high to get the voices. Oh, I just, I love that all of the, I mean, I love when the Doctor's companions were always gorgeous women. Well, they've got to be gorgeous. Like, you would go out with some, <laughs> go, go, go out with some, uh, and Bella the Bull sort of type yeah but I mean everyone from um, Elizabeth Sladen all the way up to Jenna Coleman I mean I thought they were all awesome and as I said I loved Doctor Who up until you know um, What's Her Face took over and I'm like Ugh, the woke society has taken over Doctor Who I can't believe it well it happens I'm afraid it happens well, my friend, I've enjoyed my our talk, and it's coming up to nearly an hour. I don't want to go any more because people might turn it off. <laughs> but please listen, oh, folks, because we'll they, they this, this man is very interesting. He's the most fascinating person I've come across. I hope we'll talk again Sunday because I could. I think we could come up with lots of different subjects. But for now, I'm oh, going to say that. Well, I appreciate you for turning up, but even if you are, I'm not a magician. But I'm now going to make you disappear. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, 